This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure, gives to each day what he deems best. Lovingly is part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Every day the Lord himself is near me, with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he fain would there and cheer me, he whose name is Counselor and Apollo, the protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As your days, your strength shall be a measure. This the pledge to me he Help me then in every tribulation So to trust thy promises, O Lord That I lose not faith's sweet consolation Offered me within thy holy word Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting Ere to take us from our Father's one by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. Savior, like the shepherd, lead us, much we need thy tender care. In Feed us for our use of false prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Befriend us, be the guardian of our way. Keep thy flock from and defend us, seek us when we go astray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, hear us when we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus. Hear, hear us when we pray. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to 
to free. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early let us turn to Thee. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early let us turn to Thee. Early let us seek Thy favor, early let us do Thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with Thy love our bosom still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast loved us, love us still. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Open our ears to hear your voice. Open our hearts to receive your prophecy. Open our minds to recognize your truth. We are listening, O God. Make yourself known to us. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague. And today we give thanks to Jim Huggard and Debbie Tag, our musicians, Steve Helling, our reader and provider of the children's message, and thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM. And it's live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We hope that you'll join us next Saturday night at 6 o'clock on the 15th. We'll have worship at Little Falls. It'll be outdoors, and uh, uh, it's a good time to just have a more informal worship. And then next Sunday morning at Little Falls again at 9.30 in the morning. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to get a, lay, lay a cloth down before you, have a candle and a cross, to make a small worship space to enhance your home worship. You may also want to have a Bible and we'll have communion today again. So you might want to have bread and wine or grape juice and wafers ready. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts 
to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. Amen. We confess our sins before God and one another. Reconciling God, we bring our lives before you knowing that we haven't lived as your faithful people. We have been petty. We have complained about our lot. We have been unsupportive of those who needed us. And we have doubted your faithfulness. We ask your forgiveness and long to be restored by your grace. Amen. God is indeed faithful, all-knowing, and all-merciful. We are pardoned, and we are reconciled by the one who never stopped loving us. No matter our mood or our behavior, thanks be to God. Amen. We continue with the gathering songs. Steadfast hope 
and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding Your delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou. continue with the litany this morning. It is not easy to discern the voice of God. Too often we hear what we want to hear and assume it is true. We raise our up celebrities and treat them as prophets. We let our fears dictate the people we believe in. Let us be honest about our fears. Let us be vulnerable about our experience. Let us listen to others with compassion. Let us be open to discussion of God's word. With God's help, we can learn to identify true prophets and act on their message of love and justice. Pray with me the prayer of the day. God of all, we are bombarded daily with conflicting messages about what is meaningful and valuable. Clear away the noise and distraction that we might discern your voice as it calls us into your work of love and justice for all your beloved children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, I'd like to encourage you to share this peace with somebody with you, if there is someone, or to bless yourself with the Trinity formula in that be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have someone with you and you want to share this peace, remember that's a good thing that we do as people of faith. We want to live in peace with one another. Think of someone that you could write or that you would see this week that you could share the peace with. As we 
At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures, and if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings. The first reading is from 2 Peter chapter 1, 16 through chapter 2, 2, 15 through 19. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been an eyewitness of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory saying, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive opinions they will even deny the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Even so, many will follow their licentious ways, and because of these teachers, the way of truth will be maligned. They have left the straight road and have gone astray, following the road of Balaam, son of Bosar, who loved the wages of doing wrong, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. For them, the deepest darkness has been reserved. For they speak bombastic nonsense and with licentious desires of the flesh, they entice people who have just escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom but they themselves are slaves of corruption, for people are slaves to whatever masters them. Here ends the first reading. Good morning, young neighbors. I hope you had a great 4th of July. Did you go to any parades, see fireworks, or have family gatherings? Did you grill out and have a picnic? All of that is very fun. Today we're going to talk about the word truth. I have a question for you. Can you tell if someone is telling the truth? How do you know? Is it how they look? How they talk? What they say? It's all those things and a lot more. Has that person told the truth in the past? Can you trust them? I have another question. How about this? Should you believe and trust everything you read and hear from the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and what you hear on TV and radio? How about when people talk about others like gossip? Is that something we should believe? Here's another important question. Why should we be truthful? Are we supposed to lie? Well, of course not. That's breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Today our readings focus on false prophets. Those that say and act like they believe in Jesus, but are not speaking the truth from the Bible. Through all of time, there have been people that say things that benefit them. 
and want you to follow anything they say or you're wrong. They try to make you feel guilty if you don't do what they say. They may ask you to do things that you know in your heart are wrong, but you aren't to question them. So what can we do about it? Pray about it. Ask God and Jesus to help you understand. Read the Bible to see if there are some verses that can give you guidance. Speak with someone you trust that will help you think more clearly. That brings us back to the prophets again. He sends people to deliver his message of love and forgiveness to the world. Sometimes what they have to say makes people feel uncomfortable, but it's the truth and what we need to hear, not always what we want to hear. So here are a couple examples. If a person tells you to steal or break something that's not yours, is that a real prophet or a false prophet? If a person tells you to be mean to someone, is that a real prophet or a false prophet? If a person knew you cheated on a test and told you to make it right, is that a real prophet or a false prophet? If a person told you to follow the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, is that a real prophet or a false prophet? So a true prophet will profess the love and will of God even if sometimes it's uncomfortable. This is how we can understand truth. I have another fun question for you. Can you be a prophet? Yes, if we listen to God and Jesus, sometimes we may be considered a prophet too. So let's bow our heads and fold our hands for a short prayer. Dear God and Jesus, thank you for loving us and wanting the best for us. Help us to know when you send a true prophet to guide us using your word. Help us to pick out false prophets and not listen to them. Help me to be a true prophet for your word and help others understand that don't know you yet. In your name we pray, amen. Open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch Him, and say that we love Him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to Gospel is taken from Mark chapter 13, verses 5 through 7. Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. Here ends the Gospel.
When I feel afraid, think I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. And nothing will I fear, as long as you are near, please be near me to the Now may the words of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Knowing Jesus means knowing how to interpret warning signs along our faith journeys. Again, from the narrative, uh, some good thoughts. Anyone who has driven through mountainous terrain knows that there are a few important signs to pay attention to along the way speed reduction signs before sharp turns, caution, falling rocks, signs along jagged cliff faces, and the unnerving couple of lines underneath a semi-truck indicating a sandy uphill ramp that drivers can use to put a stop to out-of-control momentum. None of these signs is meant to suggest that every driver should move like molasses for every mile, terrified and looking to the sky for rogue boulders the entire time they're behind the wheel. These signs are simply in place to warn people about the most extreme risks, the worst case scenarios that are possible in their circumstance. Really then, these signs are meant to encourage the safest, most informed, and most enjoyable journey possible, a journey that's worthwhile. Both of our texts this morning work in a similar way. The author of 2 Peter is speaking to other early Christians and Jesus to his disciples. Both are giving warnings about the danger and the inevitability of false prophets, not to distract Jesus' followers or instill any unnecessary anxiety in them, but to make sure that they have safe, informed, and enjoyable experiences evangelizing. Jesus names the fact that not everything they will endure is low stakes. Not everything they will go through will be easy or fun or comfortable. But if they know the realities they are collectively facing, Jesus' followers will be able to figure out how to navigate these realities well 
and internalize just how worthwhile a life of faith is. Rather, we're supposed to recognize that false prophets exist, reorientate ourselves toward God's word despite them, and keep going on in our pursuit of God's call to kingdom building. After all, God's truth is so unique, so powerful, that nothing can touch it or bend it or corrupt it. Not misinterpretation, not misappropriation, not manipulation, not even bastardization. In our faith journeys, we might encounter some rough conditions, but because we know Jesus, we also know how to interpret risks and surprises. We know that signs aren't meant to scare us, but rather to keep us focused on what matters the most. One of the things that it's, as I read this, it came to me that we really need to understand and search out the scriptures, the word of God, to know how important it is. A seminary prof uh, spoke about how revivals have happened in our church over the years. There are four things he talks about. The first is that there's a simple, solid message that's very understandable and very clear. And that that message is something that anyone can share and anyone can receive. The second one is there's a strong emphasis on prayer. The group meets for prayer. The, they individually pray. They take the time and make that one of the main parts of their worship experience and their time with God. It's why we are trying to get to a place where we'll be praying for everybody in our congregation every week at least once, and hopefully even more as time goes on. The third element is that usually it's the lay people who have led the clergy back into this message, the solid, simple message, and it called them back to the gospel that the lay people are involved in the ministry and see that as their work also. And the last thing was the importance of the word. When I had confirmation and was finished with it, one of my aunts wrote what my grandma Hovick had written and all the other cousins. She had died before I was confirmed. But one of the things she wrote in there was, either this book will keep you from Satan or Satan will keep you from this book. And there's some truth to that. It's maybe an oversimplification, but there's some wisdom in that. The book, the Bible, is important in our life of faith. There's a story in Russia where uh, they delivered a box of Bibles, and uh, the demand for them was so great, and the people lined up, and uh, all the Bibles went, and there was still this man that was left standing there with no Bible. And he almost had tears in his eyes. And finally he asked, can I at least get the box where the Bibles were kept? Because that, the word was so precious to them. He wanted to at least be near that word, if nothing else, even if it were just a box. As a team, when we traveled to Africa, and as we uh, went along, much of our program we memorized. And so a lot of the scripture passages, we didn't have our Bible there. And so sometimes when we do a program afterwards, and the Africans would ask, now where did you get that? They wanted to make sure that we uh, were getting it from the scriptures and the word. So we had to actually have Bibles in our hands and we read the scriptures, even though we already had memorized them, 
so that they could understand that this was truth for them. They understood that the word of God was important, that the word of God was what they relied on to know God, to work in God's kingdom, and to be a follower of Jesus. Oh, that we would have the desire of that Russian man who wanted to have the scriptures in the worst way, and even just to be close to him. Or the understanding of the Africans who looked and said, we want to make sure that what you are saying is founded and grounded in the word of God. May we continue to do that here in our churches as we share our life. It's the one way that we can again tell false prophets from those who would lead otherwise. There are still false prophets today. We had a politician who was, they said would be reelected, or not reelected, but would be in August of last year, would come back into power. It's interesting whether you think about the, uh, the person as being valid or not, that's not the issue. It's the fact that there were people who said something and when it didn't happen, how do we deal with them? Are they considered prophets or aren't they? There's a little story that I really appreciated from uh, Chuck Sundahl again, where he retold the story of Little Red Riding Hood. And uh, first of all, he quotes James Russell Lowell, who was right way, right way back in 1844 when he declared described our dilemma so well in his work, The Present Crisis. Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. And remember that beloved childhood tale of Little Red Riding Hood? Well, if that scenario took place today, here's what would probably happen. After the heroic woodcutter rescued Little Red Riding Hood by killing the wolf, who had already eaten her grandmother and then tried to kill Little Red, there would be an inquest. At this time, certain facts would emerge. First of all, the wolf, prior to his execution, had, been, had not been advised of his rights. Then the ACLU would enter the picture, maintaining that although the act of killing and eating the old woman may have been in bad taste, actually the hungry and needy wolf was merely doing his thing and thus did not deserve death. On this basis, the judge would decide that there was no valid legal basis for charges against the wolf, and therefore the woodcutter was guilty of unaggravated assault with a deadly weapon. He would then be arrested, tried, convicted, and sentenced to 99 years. A year from the date of the incident at grandmother's, at grandmother's her cottage would be dedicated as a shrine for the wolf who had bled and died there, Wreaths would be placed there in memory of the brave martyred wolf, even by Little Red Riding Hood, who would explain that while she was grateful for the woodcutter's intervention, in retrospect, she realized that he had overreacted. There would not be a dry eye in the whole forest. If this were not so tragic and true a picture, it'd be amusing, but frankly, I'm not laughing. Injustice isn't funny at all. I think that's the warning that we get from these passages. False prophets lead us down a road, not on truth, 
but on changing what truth is and how it happened. History is rewritten. People look at things differently. So how is it that we are to live? How is it that we as people of faith can make a difference in our world where we can hold true to the truth? Obviously to me, and I've mentioned before, is, and this is the scriptures are terribly important. And even there, sometimes the scriptures can be used and has been used wrongly. But those who seek truth, those who seek and have the Holy Spirit move inside of their lives, soon see who is telling truth. And they see it in the understanding of how scripture is portrayed and how Jesus and God is portrayed in that scripture. We need to take time to think. It seems strange to me that the God who created the brain would create an unthinking faith. He wants us to think through issues and to talk and to discuss, to challenge each other and to grow as people of faith, to study, take time to read the scriptures and to hear. And uh, I find it interesting how many people I've talked to over the years, I say that I read a psalm a day because the psalms were the uh, scriptures that Jesus had and that Jesus prayed the scriptures. And we see that on the cross. We see that in other times where he's quoting. And so the psalms become very important for our prayer life. And Martin Luther talked about that also. They would say, I don't like the psalms. And I don't understand because it describes every emotion that we have from both praise and excitement to being a follower of God to the hurt and sometimes what seems to be the abandonment of God. But all the way through, faith comes through of a God who is involved in our lives. It's authentic. It doesn't cut corners. It keeps us looking at this God who loves us so much. We don't want to overreact or underreact to false prophets. We need to take time to think, to study together, to worship together, taking time to hear each other's concerns and love. And then we need to stop blaming the devil for everything, like Flip Wilson used to do, the devil made me do it. No, it comes from people who become ignorant who don't take time to study scriptures, to spend time in their devotions and their prayer life, to hear, to see where God is at work in our world, to go outside and to enjoy the gift of creation and all the good that is there, to see relationships where people care about each other and love each other, and we see God's love coming to fruition in those lives. It's those who go out and serve others at the cost of their own lives because they believe that this Jesus is worth it. This life of faith is worth it, not only for them, but for others. We are the people of God in this world. We need to be authentic. We need to take time to be those kind of people that make a difference and to be true prophets not saying that necessarily that God told me to do this. It's that I understand that this is where God wants us to be involved when he speaks about feeding the poor, 
being humble, having the fruits of the Spirit evident in our lives, welcoming people, loving people, taking a look at what Jesus did and how he did it and who he did it to, reminds us always that we should be involved also. So I hope this isn't a time where we look at and just spend our time thinking about false prophets. I hope what we really have gained from these lessons today is the importance of the integrity of working together in faith and that God has given us ways in which we can move forward with boldness and kindness, speaking the word of truth in love. But keeping the word there and keeping love at the center too. As you walk this week with Jesus, take time to read the scriptures. Take time to pray for his people and the kingdom. Take time to love one another. Amen. Each day with thee, please.
Let us share our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, listen to your children pray. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us grace. With the whole body of Christ in all times and places, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. O oh God, you call us to read and discuss your word in community with one another, that together in your presence we might identify the voices around us that seek to lead us astray. Open us to recognize and receive your truth. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Open our ears to the prophets who cry out on behalf of the pain and suffering of your whole creation. Make us co-creators with you in the renewal of the planet, not conspirators in its demise. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Your word is life, O God. Teach us and all our leaders to use our words with care for the renewal and building up of all people. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. You know our every frailty, and yet we have nothing to fear. Heal us from all that separates us from you and others, and be with your children in need, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Helen Erickson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Jean Hoisington, Matt Querup, Ida Martinson, Becky Anderson, Randy Goglin, Shirley Lenz, and Helen Jorgensen. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. The world will not always receive your word with acceptance and enthusiasm. Give us strength to stand by the radical prophecy of the gospel, even when our voice is wildly unpopular. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. With joy we remember the saints whose prophetic words led us more deeply to live in you. May we likewise be your good prophets until we see them once again in your everlasting reign. Eternal God, in mercy, hear our prayer. Enter your hands, loving God. We lift all for whom we pray, confident in your grace and mercy through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh
As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done, to love and to serve our neighbors. We pray, gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Holy Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's love and power shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In a night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear the promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, Hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. And now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Receive the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Like the woman at the well I was seeking For things that would not satisfy And then 
I heard my Savior speaking, Draw from my well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. There are millions in this world who are craving the pleasure earthly things afford. But none can match the wondrous treasure that I find in Jesus Christ my Lord. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench the thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me So my brother, if the things this world gave you Leave hungers that won't pass away My blessed Lord will come and save you If you kneel to Him and humbly pray Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord Come and quench this thirsting of my soul Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make Thank me Thank you for listening more. to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amherst, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you.